Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chump Chat. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Chris Kushar. For those of you who don't already know, it's time to get familiar. Youth National Team stand on Louisville City center back Josh Winder joins us on the pod today. Now let's take a quick look at his resume. He's a center back who's drawn comparisons to Virgil Van Dyke and has become the first 05 center back to be valued at $1 million on transfer market, which is one of the many reasons he's being chased by the likes of Benfica, Salzburg, and Monaco. we got a ton of guest questions on top of the ones we had already prepared, so make sure to stay tuned to see if he answers yours. Josh, welcome to the pod, my G. What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. bro, of course. And uh, just to start off, obviously, first of all, this episode was presented by BET Online. But second of all, to get familiar, we're going we're gonna to hand Chris the reins and we're going to do our 20 questions rapid fire. So I'm going to pull up the clock. Y'all know how it goes. And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Take it over from there, Chris. Hi, boss. I'm asked 20 questions. The goal is just to respond as quickly as possible. Be as genuine as possible. This isn't don't forget all PR training that you've ever had. All right. Yeah. Just, just you know, there's a leaderboard. Paxton Aronson at the top. We got Jack McGlynn, yeah. Taylor Twelman on there. So you got to answer as fast as possible, but T- as honest Taylor's as possible. at the very bottom. Yes. <laughs> I bet, bet, bet. All right. All some right. some of these are guest questions. Some of these are stuff that we threw in. All right. So you can you'll you'll probably be able to know which is which. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Who has been the hardest player to mark in the USL? Mm. Probably Conway. All right. Best player that you've played with? Jonathan Gomez. Who's your favorite sibling? (laughs) Elijah. (laughs) Favorite memorable fan moment? Um, When I gave this little girl some cleats. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favorite player growing up? Ronaldo. <laughs> All right. Last second, headed equalizer or two own goals, but your team wins? Two own goals when my team wins. Wow. Wow. We said not the PR. Anyways, favorite <laughs> pregame meal? Favorite pregame meal? Um, pasta and chicken. All right. Favorite TV show? Outer Banks. Which one of your teammates has the most riz? Elijah. Biggest pet peeve? Mm. Like cocky people. Like stuck up I got people. And an athlete that you would want as a teammate? LeBron James. Dream club to play for? Chelsea. All right. There's a music one. Start, bench, cut. Boogie, Drake, or Gunna? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my your time. God. Start a boogie, cut Drake, bench, uh, Gunna. All right. LeBron mm-hmm. or Michael Jordan? LeBron. Who is a better roommate, Elijah or Drogo? <laughs> no, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Why do you order so much Uber Eats? <laughs> what? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't order Uber Eats. It's DoorDash. Okay. Oh. 
<laughs> Postmates, whatever, doesn't matter. Alright. <laughs> this next one. Alright. <laughs> this next one. Alright. Lock in, lock in. Would you rather have a billion dollars or end world hunger? <laughs> Your time, your time. <laughs> and one hunger. <laughs> Alright, favorite pair of shoes? Uh, probably my Cactus Jack Air Maxes. Alright, where are you taking a girl on your first date? McDonald's. Alright, last one. All right, it's, we're keeping All right. that in. All right, three <laughs> minutes and five seconds, bro. Three minutes, five seconds. Oh, what? Right. <laughs> that has to be last, bro. That's definitely last, yeah, but no, I no. was... <laughs> That was the slowest, oh, that bro. That was the slowest we've got. All right, that was a good icebreaker, <laughs> for sure. Um, now we got familiar. You guys have gotten familiar with Josh. Some of y'all's questions were in there. Some of them were obviously ours, but... As you can see, he's a he's a great guy. I've known him. He's become like a little brother to me. We play pro clubs, Madden together often on PlayStation. We met through Juggle. And speaking of Juggle, we don't want to talk to him about him too much. But how much of a role has he played in in uh, your want to go to Europe? Because I remember, like when we first started playing, and I kind of realized you were a good player and stuff like that, and and you had interest in Europe. You're like, nah, like I don't know if I really see myself going to Europe. Like I stay, I feel like at home in the U.S. Like I don't want to take that jump. Has he played any kind of role in like helping you expand your mindset or like not really? Yeah, I think it was partly him playing a role in it, but also just me maturing like as a person player, like knowing that that's like it's been my dream since I was younger. But when it started to come be a reality a little bit, I think I was hesitant because I've been like a small group of like family, friends, and I've never been out of that group. So once I started going to like national team camps and meet new people, I think it just expanded like my horizon on everything. Is there a memory that stands out with Jogo that you would say is like your funny, funniest memory with him? Yes, we were in the locker room and we wrote something up on the whiteboard. I can't repeat it on here, but we wrote something up and then Danny Cruz, our head coach, walks in. So we're like scrambling to erase this as fast as we can. And he's like, what are you guys doing? It was the funniest thing ever, bro. Speaking of Blue City, though, you've been developed straight from the academy. You know, once you're sold, you'll likely be the first of your kind. I mean, even Jogo obviously came from FC Dallas. So would you notice many differences between the USL and MLS academies? Um, I can't really compare them too much because I haven't played against MLS academies or like been around one. But I would say there's not too much different. I think Louisville is still growing their academy. Like they're just starting like three years ago. So there's still a lot that can be done to catch up with the MLS academies. But I don't think there would be too much of a difference. Where did you start off originally? That was one of the fan questions that we got. Like, what was your first club for the city? Um, it was Ohio League, Kentucky. So, like, there's Ohio League, Ohio, and then there's, like, a branch of it that was in Louisville. So, Okay, I think that's what the fan wanted to know because in parentheses they said, I play for Ohio Elite. So, I guess they, <laughs> I guess they knew that about you. But, yeah. yeah. Is there, like, a certain path right now that you see yourself taking, like, a goal path? We we know what Jogos was. We know what Johans was. Is there is there an exact path that you see yourself taking, or are you just gonna kind of take the opportunity as it comes? Yeah, I'm just gonna like try to focus on where I am at now. I don't try to like look too much in the future. 
So mm-hmm. like it's starting out the season with Louisville City and then hopefully making a transfer in, in June, which is the goal and has always been the goal. So any any dream transfers? <laughs> I mean, I can't say I got any dream, just take whichever opportunity is best for me. Love it. Love it. Speaking of the upcoming season, obviously it's coming up quick. Um, we'll have Anthony plug in a amazing goal he scored against Austin FC. So obviously you can do it against MLS opposition, but it was MLS in general ever an option for you, or you always were kind of set on Europe when you decided I that think, you wanted to go to Europe. When I decided I wanted to go to Europe, it was like off the table. But before, like I was hesitant going to Europe. I was thinking about MLS, but then once I made that decision to go to Europe, it was it was done. How much longer until you think? players in your position will want to stay in the MLS. Obviously the MLS is growing at a rapid rate and getting better and better where that could maybe be an option. How much longer do we have until, until that's there? I think it'll start coming soon when like, obviously uh, Kobe Henry left uh, defender also. Um, I'm hopefully leaving in the summer. I think it'll start happening more and more often this coming year and next year, probably. But I think MLS is getting better, obviously with playing younger players. So you never know, like people could be comfortable like starting for their team and not want to go to Europe because they're comfortable in their in their team right now. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Um yes, but speaking on MLS still, you've played again, I was saying how you played against Austin. You guys played against a couple MLS teams in the preseason. So you've played against a fair share of MLS teams now. Would you would you say there's a big difference in between USL and MLS quality? And if there is, what would you say the biggest difference is? I would just say the biggest difference is like technically and physically is like there's a little like offset there. Like we were playing Austin. They were technically so good on the ball. They were getting out tight areas, which you never see in the USL. Like most teams just play it long, run like they're strong and fast and just don't try to build out against us, especially. So it was interesting to see them building out against us and breaking our pressure a lot, which was something we're not used to. The season's about to start, you said. You got that one million price tag put on you. Um, would you say that puts any pressure on you to perform? You said you were you planning on leaving in the summer. Obviously, that's not set in stone. But um, does that put any pressure on you now as like even more so like a star boy that everyone's looking towards uh, to perform well early on in the season? No, it's an honor to have all this hype. But like I try to keep that away from me. I try to focus on the task at hand and just focus on the next game, next training, all of that stuff. Uh, this is a question for both of y'all, actually, coming from somebody who's a non. Obviously, I could have if I wanted to, but you know, from a, from a non-professional, uh, how how big of a factor is that? Does that transfer market value weigh in on you guys? Like, obviously, the PR answer is, you know, I'm just gonna be focused, whatever. All oh, that's just noise. But the how often do you guys check it? How often do you guys pay attention to things like that? No, I can't lie. I've checked it a couple times, like mm-hmm. just to be honest, but. I don't think I don't think it weighs too much on me. I don't mm-hmm. think that stuff affects me as much as people would think. Joe, how about you? Same, same for me. I've checked it a couple times, but it's not something that really I think about. Uh, especially not since I've only transferred like on free transfers before. So it's not something that I know. Like teams that at least right now are looking at like, oh, he's worth this or that. I think if the right team wants you and they're going to come in, like they'll pay over your transfer market value or whatever it is so mm-hmm. you know there's always it's how it's hard to to always go off based off that but obviously it is nice if you have the, the one million like like josh does here but <laughs> but yeah that's a good question chris um all right let's transfer a little bit to europe now we don't want we don't want to bug you too much but 
as I mentioned in the intro, you know, you had the likes of Benfica, Salzburg, Monaco after you, um, reportedly. Um, is there anything that you can confirm to us in the sense of, you know, considering different clubs or if you've heard any interest from different clubs or anything like that? Or, or do you see, you know, your game lining up better in a France, a Portugal, you know, what are your thoughts on all that? No, so I obviously can't say too much, but I mean, it's already been out there that I was on trial at Benfica, which was a great experience. And I like the style of play. Obviously, they have a, a past of producing young players and sending them off to the likes of Man City with Bernardo Silva, Jao Cancelo, Ruben Diaz. So, no, it, it just – I kind of just got to just see what's best for me and just focus on the little things at clubs that will make my life and soccer career better. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is obviously private, but I think we can put it on the pod. Uh, me and me and Josh today, they were chopping it up for about 30 minutes on FaceTime about his time in Portugal. And, and I was kind of telling him how I saw the situation. Obviously, I was on the – the blue side of, of Portugal, he, you know, was trialing on the red side of it. But I think, um, yeah, if, if Josh does end up uh, joining Benfica, you guys can definitely credit like maybe like 17% of that to me in convincing him that Portuguese soccer culture is, is good for him. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, uh, are we allowed to tell the story that you told me on here or no? I, I'm not sure. I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So Go ahead, share share uh, share the, the little story from your time at Benfica. Yeah, so basically I was on trial at Benfica, and I was in my room after a day of training. It was like 3 p.m. I was asleep. They called me, woke me up. We're like, come down to the offices. So I walked down the stairs. They, like, walk into this office. And I walked in there, and Antonio Silva was right there. And I was like, like wow. Like, I just heard the big stuff about him, like, at the World Cup. Like, obviously starting for Benfica now. And so we just sat there. He was, like, telling me about his experience with the academy and then making him the first team and all that. So, no, that was, that was one of the best parts of my trial there was getting to know one of the players I had been watching in the World Cup and at Benfica, too. And, obviously, he's number 66. I'm number 66. And they have a past of having center backs on number 66. Ruben Diaz was number 66. So it's just, it's just a cool a cool story. A cool story, and maybe that, it's written in the stars. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, is is that something that that uh, clubs will do to younger players? Often, they'll they'll kind of introduce uh, a well known player, almost as a mentor, in order to maybe uh, gain some traction with that player and hopefully give them a better affinity for their club. I'm not sure. Like maybe you can ask other people and their experiences, but I think that was part of the way of trying to get me comfortable there and yeah like a first team player come down to talk to me you know just trying mm-hmm. to get me comfortable and see where I could be Johan do you know if that's something that's done often or it that's definitely more of like a, I feel like this is a U.S. college football recruitment tactic right there you get the you get <laughs> yeah, the star you get the star running is. back you get the star yeah, wide yeah. receiver the, the quarterback to come talk to you you know tell you that you know he's gonna be throwing yeah. touchdown passes to you and stuff like that um so I think it's kind of <laughs> Maybe they took a page out of the U.S. book because I'm not too familiar with that either. But, um, I mean, clearly that it worked. I mean, an 0-3 center back who just went to the World Cup with Portugal, I mean, coming to talk to you when you're on trial, like, that's, that's big time for sure. You snag his number? Do y'all play, uh, y'all play pro clubs together now? <laughs> I <that> wish. <laughs> Let's not talk about Josh and pro clubs because it won't end well. Who, Who's the best I'm, I'm out, of y'all, out of y'all's group? Who's the best out of y'all's group? It's got to be me. Actually? 
Johan confirm. No, no, no tell, tell, him, tell him what you were doing yesterday. Tell him what you were doing yesterday and why you couldn't get on anymore. What are you talking about? Bro, why'd you get off yesterday? My mom was calling me, bro. Yeah, That's bro, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, bro. For sure. What'd you eat yesterday, by the way? <laughs> I had a salad, some, some chicken. From where? Green District. I like that. Not Uber Eats, though. DoorDash, right? Yeah, DoorDash. We don't use yeah. Uber Eats. Uber Eats be taxing too much. That's why you got to stick to DoorDash. Oh, my God. Anyway, speaking of, you know, Antonio Silva, World Cups, national teams, we got to talk about the U.S. national team, man. I mean, out of nothing, you're a USL player who's now, a, a, like, a call-up every time for his age group. Not only that, you're trying to sneak your way into the to the U20 World Cup coming up, playing two years up. That's crazy. Um, have you gotten any feedback from the current coaches, you know, in terms of, you know, what might happen, if you might be involved in in Because you were in the last U20 camp, but this next one that's coming up is pretty important because the last one before the Real World Cup. So have you gotten any feedback from Mikey and his staff? Yeah, I talked to Mikey at the camp. Obviously, he wasn't there, and it was my first camp. So that was a little disappointing for him not to be there, but it was still, it was still a great camp. And he basically just told me all the things where I can improve, what I did well, all those little things, which I need. I love feedback, honest feedback. And he was very honest with me. And then told me just to keep playing how I've been playing. So it's a hard decision for him to make uh, the cuts for the center backs because obviously there's five or six center backs right now, and they can only take four probably. So I just got to keep playing how I've been playing, and hopefully, hopefully I'll get the call up. Which center backs are you better than? That are currently in rotation. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Imagine kidding. I just started naming them all. It's like, well, bro, like easily better than this guy. Yep, this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like it's like that Lamella video where he's like, put the camera on him. He can't oh, yeah. go. <laughs> he can't go. <laughs> it's like that. At practices, you guys are going hard. Who pushes you the most? Uh, no one in practice can guard me, so it's really nothing. Oh, oh. We can put the camera on him, too. Just put the camera on him. That man right there, that's the man who can't guard me. Turn it left. I'll take his ankles every day. Go one more. See the boy in the hoodie. He hiding for a reason. <laughs> All right, but seriously, though. So, I mean, being a national team cancer for, I kind of know how it works in, in sense of there's a hierarchy sometimes. You know the European guys that are there. You know, you know, I'm coming from FC Dallas Academy. You know that, you know, people respect you because you're coming from FC Dallas, this or that. Like, you know who the people are. As a USL player going into your first U.S. camp, did you find it harder to earn some respect or did you think that it was like straight off the bat, like based off how good you were, um, they kind of respected you? I mean, I swear, bro, I blinked and you were, you were the U19 captain. So I was like, I mean, what the hell? Uh, so tell me kind of what that was and and what it was like getting to know some of the guys that came from like better, more well-known academies. You know, I think it took me a couple training sessions to earn some respect. Um, definitely because all of them were MLS players except for me and Credo Sudina. I think we're the only ones from the USL. So it took me some time to earn the respect, but I think I'm more outgoing when I get there. So, like, I was getting to know people on and off the field. Most people were new because it was 19th camp, and it was the first 19th camp. So a lot of people didn't know each other. So I was, like, one of the guys who was getting to know everyone. And then I think I earned my respect because I was playing pretty well in the first couple of trainings. And then people were like, oh, okay, like, USL is – a real deal, you know. How important would you say it it is to like get there and be social immediately so that they trust you, they can have some laughs with you? Because like I assume straight off the bat, I mean, you were kind of nervous going into your first camp. Yeah, no, I was for sure nervous, but I think if you can build the relationships off the field, it will like help you on the field. They'll want to fight for you more in a game. 
like they'll have your back you know like they're there for you no matter what so if you build those relationships out the field it'll help you in the long run on the field all right i have i have an exercise right now i can't lie I, I, this is genius this is genius all right all right so i'm mikey chris is another u20 coach we're in a meeting we're sitting down we're in a meeting we call you or we're, and we're talking to you on a zoom and we're like josh Tell us right now why we should take you to the World Cup. Mm. What are you saying? I think it's more than just a soccer side with me. I think I bring a presence to the locker room or off the field that most players don't. I'm outgoing. I'm a jokester. I can take jokes. But then on the field, um, I'm a ball-playing center back. I can also defend, though. So I think there's just there's a lot of things in my game that people don't see. And what are we not seeing, kid? <laughs> yeah, this guy <laughs> fell to the roll. <laughs> no, seriously. Hey, no, kid. Hey, Hello, seriously. bro. What are, what are those aspects of your game that people might not see that you think you're really good at? I would say people sleep on my defending. Like, people think, oh, he's a good ball-playing center back, but, like, is he good in 1v1 moments? Is he good against a, a big striker? Because obviously players are more developed than me at the 20s level. My body's still developing. There's just probably close to finishing developing. But I think I'm good at like adapting to situations and dealing with the fast strikers, strong strikers, whatever it is. A player is only as good as his biggest weakness. What's what would you say your biggest weaknesses are? I would say one of my biggest weaknesses is my strength right now, which I've been working on, but just box defending, getting tight to a man, like winning the 1v1 aerial duel. But all those things like come with time. Like still got to develop as a player, like develop my body and all that. So you're giving us like the basic answer. That's that's got to be my biggest weakness. Just the truth. So you're getting big bodied out there. No, I don't get big body. Talking about personal career pathway, this is a question from one of the, one of our supporters, one of your fans also. They're asking, what's your dream career pathway? Obviously, you're at Lucidity right now. You know, you fell short a little bit last year, which I'll touch on in the next question. But um, where, do, where do you go from here? What's the, what's the dream? The dream is to go to Europe, a team in Europe, continue my development, most likely with a second team, maybe training with the first team, then in the year's time, hopefully being with the first team, getting some minutes, and then after that year, starting, and then hopefully make a big transfer to one of the top teams in Europe, which or top leagues in Europe, hopefully England. That's been a dream of mine, uh, watching the Premier League when I was growing up. So I just think start with the team in Europe, play well, continue to develop, and then hopefully make a bigger transfer to another team in the Premier League, La Liga, whatever it is. Speaking of watching the Prem growing up, in the in the 20 questions, when I said Messi or Ronaldo, you said Messi. But then um, you said you, you your favorite player watching growing up was Ronaldo. What team uh, did you watch mainly in the Prem? Is there a specific team that you supported? Yeah, I support and supported Chelsea. Uh, I think I started supporting them when I was 9 or 10. And then just have supported them ever since. Are you Potter out? See, I think they got to give him some time. They should have kept Tuchel, but I think like you got to give Potter some more time. But like with these players, you know, like what? 
when he's spending this much money, it's like how much time is he going to need? This yeah. is Chelsea, you know? I, I think he already lost the locker room too, so. Hey, this guy met Enzo. Did you not? What? You met Enzo, did you not? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. Oh, that's sweet. Tell us a story about tell us a story about that. There's like a little mini story behind that, right? Yeah, so basically I just had lunch. Um the first team has a I don't know what they have up there, but they're like on the third floor, it's all first team. Um so I was walking onto the elevator and Enzo was walking off the elevator. So when it opened, like I almost ran straight into him and I was like, Yo, like that's Enzo right next to me. Like I'd obviously seen him blow up at the World mm-hmm. Cup. Like I thought he was one of the best players there. So like when I saw him, like I was starstruck. And, like, I don't know much Portuguese or Spanish or anything. So I just said, bon dia, which is, like, good morning in Portuguese. And then just, like, kept walking because I was, I was looking starstruck. And this is after the, the World book? Cup, obviously, right? Yeah, after the World Cup. I, I, I've asked Johan and Jogo and, like, a couple other players on here this before. Um, And what the normal answer, I guess, especially from the older guys, is that the more you play alongside these players, the more that feeling wears off. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, they're just people like like any of us. But what is the is that? Would you say that's the most starstruck that you've been by a player? What's what's the most starstruck that you think you've been? I think there was one other time I was on the way to camp in Slovenia, and I was getting onto a plane in Croatia, and Luka Modric was right behind me, and like people were all walking up to him asking for pictures, and I was just like, I got a picture, but like. I was so nervous. I've never been so nervous in my life to ask for anything. And I was just like, yo, can, can I get a picture? But I was like, this is crazy. Did you ask him in English? Yeah, I asked him in English. Damn, I, I didn't know I that know. I can't speak Croatian or anything. That's true. You're going to have to send me that picture so we can, put, so we can pop it up. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thumbnail. I didn't know I that. It. Yeah. We'll put oh, it was now. crazy. It was like a small flight, too. So How long ago was this? This was... So we went to Slovenia and... It was this. It was this past year. Oh, I'm wow. not sure when exactly, but yeah. We'll toss that in the thumbnail. That'll that'll be good for clicks. Dude, that's great. I didn't know that. That's crazy. You met some crazy yeah, people already, huh? Joe, what about you, real quick, just for the, just to see. I, I was really young. I think it was. Um, I'm trying to think. Like Ivory Coast had come to train at Toyota Stadium, like right before the 2014 World Cup. You know what? Like a lot of teams do, like like their friendlies and stuff. They'd come play like a random friendly in Frisco, like against Honduras or something like that. And Drogba was there. And they were walking past our training. Like they trained. If you if you know the FC Dallas fields, mostly everyone does. Um, it's you start like on field one, two, three, four, where like the senior team, like the U19s and 17s, all those guys train. And then you have like the fields in the back that are grass. And they were walking towards those from the locker room. So they had to walk past us. And they like they walked past and like one person stayed behind and was like watching us for a little bit. And it was Drogba. And he was just like sitting there. Watch- and like, I scored a goal. Like we were playing small sided and I was like, I was so happy, bro, because Drogba <laughs> was watching me. That was probably the craziest moment I think I've experienced, but yeah. That's cool that like a player that big would just stick behind and watch the youth players just scrimmage. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. My my biggest regret though is someone outside of uh football and it's Kevin Durant. He when he was at the University of Texas, he was at the Dallas airport. And my dad's obviously a UT fan. That's why I'm a UT fan. So he knew who he was. And <clears throat> so he was just walking. He was by himself, obviously this huge guy. And I was just a little kid. I didn't know who he was. And my dad was like, You want a picture of him? You want a picture of him? And I saw like this family like walking up and taking a picture of him. And all I remember is telling my dad, like, no, like I don't want a picture of him. 
And and obviously it was Kevin Durant, bro. Kevin Durant. That's like folded. I folded, bro. I folded. But one day. One day. What hey, one day. One day. Maybe he'll come to Dallas or something. Who knows? Was it was his hair more full then? Because it's rough. His hair was, he was brushing wow. his hair back then. Bro, he was definitely brushing back then. It's tough. All right, but you have anything else for me, Chris? We're are we through the list already? I was actually gonna ask him. I was gonna ask him. You talked about goals. You know, what would you say in terms of let me know what your short term goals are right now and your long term goals in the sense of the US men's national team or youth national yeah. teams? Yeah, I would say my goal right now is to make the twenties World Cup because that's the closest thing to me. And then long-term goals with the national team is to make a full men's national team World Cup, but also make the Olympics, hopefully, which that would be a dream, too, because I've grown up watching the Olympics, watching the twenty the, the World Cup, and now watching the 20s World Cup because it's closer to me. But I'll say those are my three biggest goals right now. Outside of soccer, do you have any like personal hobbies or goals that uh, you'd expand on? What Something I like to ask is if, if you weren't, playing football at all what what would you like to do what do you think you'd be doing I honestly don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't playing football like school has never been my thing I'm still finishing up high school so I think like if like soccer for some reason didn't work out I would like try to be a coach or be somewhere around football because it's always been my life you know yeah that's awesome that's a good answer you see the chump shot success defined. That's what we go after. That's what we, I mean. We talk to to big players like yourself, Kellen Acosta, USMT guys, you know, legends, all this stuff, Olympians, and we all we always ask them, "What's your definition of success?" And do you think you've achieved it yet? I think my definition is playing at the highest level, physically and mentally possible for myself. And I do not think I made it there yet, but still got a long long career ahead of me. So success is pushing yourself to the highest level you can possibly achieve. Exactly. And is there a point where you're like, okay, I've pushed myself as far as I can go? Or do you think there's always more to push after? I feel like there's always more you can get out of yourself. I've always believed that, and I think I'll continue believing that. That's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy's so disrespectful. I was like, uh, okay, no, I'm just kidding. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. On a side note, what well, what we gotta do? We gotta we gotta talk to Jonathan and get Noah and just get a massive pro clubs team with everybody. We have to do it. I call goalie. Guys, so but you don't even have a PS4, Chris. You need a PS4 from you or PS5. Yeah, yeah, first of all, I get a PS5. Put some respect. Uh, but, my bad, bro. But but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll nag one. I'll nag one. And if we can, hey, let one. us know, Anthony. Keep this in. Let us know if you guys want to see us do a pro clubs team with some of our guests. Maybe that could be a new way of, of talking to them, catching up with them. For example, someone like I know Cole Bassett plays pro clubs. We could do a part two with Cole, a part three with Cole. Um, just chopping it up, seeing what he's up to. Um, obviously Josh. I mean, we play together all the time, so it would be easy to to get him on and just you know hear us chop it up. So let us know if that's something you guys are interested in. Um. I think a lot more of our guests would be uh, more willing to kind of chop it up with us on there. Um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting thing for us to look into for sure. Josh, I think we asked all our guests, who do you want to see next on Chum Chat? Hmm. Maybe Credo Sudina. Last but not least, for any of the young people that are watching this, um, 
you're also young yourself. I mean, you're still 17. Um, but is there any advice you'd give young players kind of looking to be in your position or, or anything that you could suggest to them to, to try to get to where you are today and where you're going? Yeah, I would just say focus on yourself. Don't look at other players' pathways because everyone is different. I wasn't in the MLS academy or anything like that. I kind of formed late into a first-team environment or a first-team culture where there's another like path to Europe or wherever it is you want to go. So I just say focus on yourself. Don't look at other people and just keep doing your thing. I love that. I love that. And just, just for the culture, what's what's the what's the best podcast you've ever been on? This one right here. All right. That's what I love to hear. And actually, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking you to do something. If you score a goal, if you score a goal before you leave to Europe, or even after you leave to Europe, the next goal you score, we need a chump chat celebration. We need a chump chat celebration. We're we're, we're trying to copy chunks here, and this is all you're gonna have to do, right? You're gonna have to throw up the double C like this, just like that in the camera, like this, just like that. As always, this episode was presented by BT Online. If you're a better gambler, you know it's very popular nowadays. Um, check BT online out for all of your sports betting needs. Um, and yeah, Josh, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Uh, his Instagram will be plugged throughout uh, the episode, so make sure to go show him love. We got our fingers crossed for him to make that U twenty World Cup. But even if even if he doesn't, you know he's gonna do big things. Stay tuned to his move. Chump chat blessing is in the works for sure now. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. If you made it this far, as we always say, go find your own success. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.